Good morning. We are glad that you're here today. Continue to worship God and all that he's doing here in this place. Um, and this might be some of you first time with us. I'm Pastor Scott. And um, if this is your first time as you came in, you should have received a program. And inside that program, there's a number of stuff inside the program. But inside there, there's a card. And it's a connection card. We'd just love to connect with you at the end of our service. You can drop that card in the offering basket and uh, let us know about your visit with us. Everyone else, you can just write your name on there. There's things in the back, prayer requests, uh, things to sign up for. And um, there's also a couple of things to, uh, to look forward to. We've got two, after today, two more Sundays in this building. Can you believe that? Two more Sundays. And uh, I find that hard to believe. We have been here almost 10 years, um, I'm sorry, almost nine years uh, in this space. We moved here in November of, in the beginning of November in 2010. We had been at another building previous, and this had been a wonderful place. And in a couple of weeks, our last Sunday, we're going to honor the principal of the school that's been with us the whole time. And he has just been phenomenal partner for Lake Point Church. And uh, we're going to have him here as a special guest. We're going to honor him and, um, and, and thank him for what he has done for us and, and for allowing us to be here. And that's in a couple of weeks. And you don't want to miss that last Sunday here. We're going to celebrate. Also, we're going to look forward to what's coming up. And, um, and so... I'm excited about what's happening. So make sure you fill out your card, and then at the end of the service, we have our offering. Drop that card in the basket. Last Sunday, we looked at a key verse. It's really the key verse of this whole series, and that verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20. I have it on the screen behind me. It said, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And as we stand here on the edge of tomorrow, as we're looking ahead and we're looking behind, and we talked last week, the promises of God, the promises of God are yes in Christ. That means every promise that we have of him is an affirming it's a firm and resounding yes. And we look at it this way. Everything that's happened in the past, in our personal lives, and in our church, is so far, so God. We get no credit. It's not a pat on our back. It's our glory to him for what he has done in our lives, in our church, and everything that he's done through the cross for our eternal salvation. So far, so God. And that's what it means, yes, in Christ. And then through him, the amen. The word amen means to let it be so, that everything in the future, I believe it's the best, is yet to come. And so, yes and amen, we can sum it up like we did last week. So far, so God meet the best is yet to come. We look in the past, we thank God for what he's done. 
but we also stand on the threshold of the future to see what God is going to do next. And that's where we're at. That's where we stand today. And we looked last week at the story of the, of the children of Israelites on the edge of the promised land. And they had a choice. The choice was, hey, let's, we know what God has done. He's been faithful. And we know that he will continue to be faithful in the future. Or they had a choice to be like what their parents did. And instead of saying, so far, so God, they could have said, oh, so far, so bad. They could have fed on the negativity. They could have lived in that world of negativity. They could have looked in the future and said, since everything's been so bad in the past, I don't have a whole lot of hope in the future. But the children of Israelites did not follow in the steps of their parents. And they said, we're not going that way again. We're not going to live in the negativity. We're not going to allow negativity to bog us down. And here at the church, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. But the best is yet to come, and we believe it. We thank God for what he's done in our lives. We have come so far with the blessing of God. And we have so much more to look forward to as we see what he has next for us. And so today, I want us to look at another story, and I want us to see how God wants to work. See, God wants to work in our church, but how does he want to work? How does he work? God wants to work through you. He wants to work through me. You know, and I am just mind blown by that every time because God doesn't need me. God doesn't need you. But he wants to work his mighty powers in us and through us. A God of the universe want to use us. And so we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to see this in the very first public miracle of Jesus. And we know the story where Jesus turned the water into wine. I want to look at John chapter 2, verse number 1. The Bible says the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mom, she noticed that the wine is out, went to Jesus and said, they have no more wine. Now let me just pause here for just a minute. Honor, honor was everything in their culture. Honor was everything. In our culture today, it's about profit margin, success, positions, achievement. In our American way of life, that's everything. And honor is a lost form. But in this culture, honor was everything. You know, there's a difference between the word honor and the word respect. See, the word honor is a gift. You give honor whether you agree or not. You honor. Now, respect, it has to be earned. You have to earn respect. 
but honor is always to be given. Honor. And so honor was everything. And in this culture, you were supposed to honor each other. And when you ran out of wine at a wedding, because the wedding was a big deal in this culture, just like it's a big deal today, you know, but it was a huge deal. And when you ran out of wine, you had failed to honor your guests at the wedding. You disgrace your guests. Now, every Sunday here at Lake Point Church, we work hard to honor you. We work hard to honor our regular attenders. We work hard to honor our guests every Sunday. By the way, you know there's a lot of churches that don't get this. You know, you go into the building and it's filthy. They didn't clean the bathrooms. You know, they, the, the volunteers didn't show up or they didn't come prepared. I've been in churches where the pastor wasn't really ready. And he would say so, so you know, it's been a busy week. And I just didn't have time to prepare a sermon, so I'm just going to wing it. And I'm thinking, whoa, failed to honor the people that came to church. They gave up their hour to come worship. And so this happens in a lot of churches. Churches fail to honor God and their guests. And we have always made it a priority that what we do on Sunday morning matters. It matters. We honor everyone that comes. We honor our guests. We make them feel welcome in our home. And when it doesn't happen, we do everything in our power to make it better. We see every guest as a VIP when they come to our church for the first time. They're a VIP. They're important. Why? Because they matter to God. And God sent his son to die for them too. Every person matters. And so guests are a big deal at Lake Point Church. In fact, the past 10 years, we have seen over 2,000 first-time guests that have walked through our doors. And everyone stays for a different reason or not. Some people leave. Some people move on. But we've had over 2,000 different people. In the past year, over 300 first-time guests have joined and visited our church this past year. This fall, we have some huge opportunities to bring the good news to people in a new community, in a new location. Hundreds will visit our church this, this fall, between now and December. I've recently heard that Macomb County, one of the fastest growing communities in our country right now, is one of the top fastest growing. When we will do our best in this area that we're in, that God has placed you, God has placed me, God has placed our church, we will do our very best to be ready to reach families, to reach new people in our, in our community. And we've got the great opportunity, great opportunity this, this fall. But we have to make sure that we don't run out of wine. Now, some of you are thinking, well, what are you talking about? And I'm not talking about real wine, okay? It's a metaphor. I right, play with me. But we can't run out the good stuff. We've got to honor our guests. Will we be ready? Will we have, quote, unquote, wine at the party? Will we honor our guests? And when they get here, we need to be able to give them 
the very best. When we honor God, when we honor guests, when we honor others, we honor God. If you're taking note, excellence honors God and it inspires people. Excellence is the key. Not perfection. You're not going to find a perfect church. You're not going to find a perfect pastor, a perfect group of people. You're not going to find a perfect staff. But we're going to do our best to serve God and to serve others with excellence. We owe God our very best. Now, when we think about weddings, and I think about weddings, you know, we have some big weddings, you know, that I've been a part of, and I've done lots of weddings. Um, in fact, a couple of years ago, one of my favorite weddings I've ever done was at the Henry Ford Museum. And uh, it was so cool. They actually had the wedding inside the museum, and then the reception was uh, inside the museum as well. So there was about two or three hours for pictures, and that's usually the, the toughest time. You know, it's the, the wedding, and then you have the party. But man, I had two or three hours to the of the museum practically to myself, walking around, you know, and, and there were museum workers here and there, and what a cool wedding that was. Now, in the South, weddings can be a little bit different, and I've done all kinds of weddings, and um, one, I was, one of my things I want to do when I live in Florida was to make sure that by the time I left, that I would have done a beach wedding. And all my ministry years, I didn't have a beach wedding. I was kind of disappointed until the very last month before I moved. I was involved with a beach wedding. It was so cool. There was a thunderstorm coming, and we totally missed that storm. And uh, it was just perfect. You know, it was like God had created a little hole in the clouds, and we had a perfect wedding. And then, but one of my favorite weddings in the South, there was a couple. There was a, you know, they came to me. They had met. They were co-workers at Walmart. And they had met. They fell in love at Walmart. And so they wanted to get married, and they asked me, said, Pastor Scott, will you do our wedding? I said, I, I'd love to do your wedding. I said, okay. Well, we're going to have it at such and such date. It's going to be at the church at such and such time. And I said, great. About two weeks later, that couple came back to me and said, Pastor Scott, there's been a change in our wedding venue. I said, oh, okay. You know, you guys going bigger? Making it better? What, what's going on here? I said, well, Walmart heard that we were getting married. And since we were two co-workers, they saw a Walmart fairy tale. And they came to us, and they asked us if we could do the wedding at Walmart. And I'm like, okay. And so Pastor Scott, will you be okay officiating the wedding at the Walmart? And, and apparently, I said yes. <laughs> hey, this is my claim to fame, okay? This is it right here. I'm the third person in the world to have done a Walmart wedding. All right? Third person right here. You're looking at it. All right, there we go. I'll sign autographs after the service. That'd be great. 
And so they set it up outside in the garden center in the middle of June. They wanted us wearing suits and ties, the whole thing. And so I remember going out there. It was 100 degrees, 100% humidity. It was, I mean, I'm sweating. I've got the microphone in my hand. They wanted me to broadcast the whole wedding to the whole parking lot. And then you got the bridesmaid, and, and you, got the, you got the bride comes out. She looks like she's about to pass out. I'm about to, I, I'm about to get blinded because of all the sweat that was coming in my eyes. And the more I tried to wipe it with my free hand, you know, it was just, I made it worse. So I have a Bible, I have a microphone, I'm trying to make this happen. I said, you know, Lord, this is going to be the shortest wedding on the planet. We did it Indian style. Want them, want them, you got them. <laughs> now, you all know the wedding had to have a party, right? The party was in the Walmart cafe. They served cake for everybody that came in. The greeters welcomed people and said, here, cake, enjoy. And it was the wedding of the century of Walmart. Wedding in this day and time, in the Bible time, was bigger than Walmart. Was bigger than the weddings that we're accustomed to. Weddings in this culture could last up to a week. I mean, they know how to party back in this time. A week. It could last up to a week. And this was an, you know, this was an opportunity for wedding, but was also for gift giving. Gift giving was so serious back in this time that you could actually have charges pressed against you if you didn't follow the proper protocol because honor was so important. At late point, I want to create a culture of honor for God that flows down to an honor for people so that when they get here, that we owe them the very best that we could give. The very best wine. Put a best foot forward. And for us not to have wine, for us not to have order, for us to not have excellence, it's disgraceful, it's unthinkable, it's unacceptable. We are the church of God. We are serving, get this, we are serving the bread of life. God is great, greatly to be praised, and we ought to be behind that. Man, we've got something that the world is not offering. We want to give honor in that way. Look at verse 4. Mary had just hinted to Jesus, hey, they're out of wine. Look at verse number four, and it's what Jesus said. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. So I just want to pause here for a minute and talk to the teenagers. This is the only time where you don't do what Jesus did. This is not your memory verse. You know, if mom tells you to take out the garbage, you don't say, that's not my problem. My time has not come. <laughs> Only Jesus could do what he did in this verse, all right? So teenagers, don't you go home and say, hey, I'm following what Jesus did. What would Jesus do? Nuh-uh, not here, all right? That's not happening. But here's what Jesus did. We're so like, whoa. You know, that happened. 
But here's what Jesus did. He disassociates himself with earthly or from earthly authority. He's saying that heavenly authority is more important than earthly authority. Jesus is saying this. this had, Jesus said that this has nothing to do with him. In fact, he has every right to say that about all of earth, including our sins. He could have said, man, I'm pure, I'm spotless. We, these, us, we're unholy, we're messed up. What does this have to do with me? But Jesus does something so powerful. He emptied himself. He emptied himself for us. Jesus is about to turn water into wine. And this is a bigger deal than we think, but it seems like a bit out of place, right? I mean, making wine at a wedding, doesn't Jesus have something bigger to do, better to do? And some might say that Jesus was overqualified to do this miracle. And this is what's amazing right here. Jesus emptied himself to serve the people at that wedding. He emptied himself of his God, you know, of his, of his, uh, uh, of who he is, he emptied himself, humbled himself to serve you and me. He humbled himself to come to earth. He humbled himself to be born in a, in a, in a manger. He humbled himself to get on his knees to wash the filthy feet of the disciples. He humbled himself to die a gruesome death on the cross for you and for me. And some think, man, I'm overqualified to serve. Some of you might think that. You know, I'm overqualified to serve. I'm overqualified to serve the wine and to honor others. Look at Jesus. Here's a question for you. Do you think that you're better than Jesus? He gave up, humbled himself. In a few minutes, I'm going to give all of you the opportunity to jump into serving at Lay Point. Many of you are, but some of you, you're just on the sideline waiting. And I'm going to challenge you to jump in. What God is doing here is so great. That I, want you to, I want to offer the opportunity for people to experience what God is doing. If you're taking notes, one of the biggest barriers to serving, pride. Pride all day long. One of the biggest Barrier to serve is our pride. And many times we say, you know, I'm just overqualified. You know, that job that they want me to do is so beneath me. Pride. I went to a conference, I don't know, about 15 years ago in California, and uh, that's actually the church uh, that Pastor Rick Warren is the pastor. If you Rick Warren, he wrote The Purpose Driven Life. Um, Church name is Saddleback Church, one of the largest churches in America. And I was at that conference and shared a story. Because they have multiple services on a Sunday morning. They have like three, four different services every Sunday. And he shared a story about the millionaires in the church. Now, where Saddleback Church is in the heart of Orange County, which is one of the richest, you know, counties in our country. There's more millionaires that live in Orange County, California than any county in the, in the country. 
And so he's got these millionaires that's in his church. And he's cared about what they do. And he said, know what they're called to do? Between services, these millionaires volunteer to go into the bathrooms and clean up the toilet, getting it ready for the next service. These millionaires could have easily said, I'm overqualified, but they became servants to clean up the bathroom between services. Pride. Pride. It says, God, I'm way overqualified to do this stuff. Making coffee? Come on. Give me something bigger. And I hear you. Jesus Jesus was way overqualified to take your sins on his back and carry them on the cross. He was way overqualified to do that, but he did it for you. He turned the water into wine. You are never more like Jesus than when you're serving. If you're taking notes, you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. So look at verse 5. Jesus kind of told his mom, hey, my time's not yet come. Look how Mary responded. Mother told the servant, do whatever he tells you. You know, first of all, Mary, Mary knew. Mary knew. She wasn't offended. She didn't take it personal. She knew what Jesus was there for. And she tells the servants. She tells the volunteers, those that's working at the party, do whatever he tells you. Now, verse number six, standing nearby was six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each one of these water jars could hold 20 to 30 gallons of water. They come in all different sizes, these water jars. Some are, you know, dark at the bottom, and it can be about three, four, five feet tall. Some can be a very big bowl, but these were big, heavy, Pottery. This wasn't Tupperware. All right? This was a heavy pot to begin with. And so we're going to get back to that in just a minute. Each one of them could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And these were very common objects in Jesus' day. They were used to take a bath in, to get cleaned up. Jesus, if you're taking notes, he takes something very ordinary and makes something supernatural with it. He takes ordinary water pots water jars, and he's about to do something supernatural with it. By the way, God does that every week here at Lake Point. You realize that? He does that every week. He takes something that's very common, very ordinary. He takes this high school gym. He takes ordinary people like you and me, and he makes something supernatural with it. Supernatural with what he's doing here. Ordinary stuff. An ordinary place. Ordinary people. And God wants to do something supernatural. Look at verse number 7. And Jesus told the servant, fill the jars with water. And when, they wa- when the jars had been filled, I want to stop here for just a minute. The jars is filled with water. How big are the water pots? between 20 and 30 gallons. Now, one gallon of water equals 8.3 pounds. You put that in a 20 to 30 water pot, 20 to 30 gallon water pot, you're going to have a weight of water 
of anywhere between 160 to 250 pounds of water in a heavy water pot already. So do the math. This is not a one-man job. This is about maybe two, maybe three people helping carry the water. And, and they went far to the well. It wasn't a well in the backyard. If the well was in the backyard, it would have been easy to have the big giant water pot and just get a little container and just walk back and forth, you know, fill it up again from the well and go to... And that would have been the easy route. But the well typically is outside of a city. And it's a common well for the whole community to use. And so they would walk a long distance to the well to carry 160 to 250 pounds of liquid in giant pots. And here's the thought to think about. It takes a lot to do what Jesus asked for us to do on a regular basis. Let me say that again. It takes a lot to do what Jesus asked for us to do on a regular basis. Now today, we've got a couple things happening. First of all, I want to celebrate our volunteers. Tonight we have a volunteer dinner for, for all of our current volunteers and those who are interested and want to be a volunteer tonight. And we're going to have a, a, a picnic. It'll be an awesome time. We're going to celebrate what you're doing. We have approximately 120 to 125 volunteers every month. I want to celebrate that for a minute because a lot of churches, you know, they have 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. But I am blown away by the volunteer force that we have here at Lake Point because it's almost the opposite. We have so many that are willing to serve. We have, on a weekly basis, on average, about 75 volunteers on a weekly basis serving every Sunday. I'm doing the math on that. About 200 to 300 hours a week. That's about 1,200, 1,000 to 1,200 hours a month, and then much more for the year. A minimum wage, that is the value of $2,500 a week, $10,000 a month, and close to $130,000 a year. That's our volunteer force. You guys work hard. You guys work hard, and many of you are doubling up on multiple jobs. These are not, some of these jobs are not minimum wage jobs. We have business owners that are setting up and tearing down. We have stay-at-home moms and professional moms that sing, that work with kids. We have IT guys that work all week at their office, and then they get here, and they, they make this place look amazing. We have moms and dads that get here between 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. We get people here starting at 6.30 in the morning, and they don't leave till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Working hard. In the past couple of months, in a new building, there are tons of volunteers coming up to work, to serve, all throughout the week, all day long. People are just serving and giving their time. We have volunteers that know what it means to carry the water. They know how to carry the water. It's a lot of work. It's really heavy sometimes. 
But it's awesome. Because they're willing to do it. They're willing to do it. I mean, have you ever thought about the children's environment? Aren't we glad that we have kids' environments? If we didn't have kids' environments, and people to give up their service time, their worship time, their minister to our kids, we didn't have that. Then we would have all the kids in here. Last time I counted, there was about 50 kids back there. Now, I know we outnumber them, but their energy outnumbers us combined. So thankful for what they do back there. But we need more. We need more volunteers to step up and to serve, especially in our kids' ministry. You know, when we go to two servants, one of the reasons is that you can serve in one and still serve in the other, in the other service. And one of the biggest crises in our church today is the discipleship crisis. And it starts with our kids. And it, it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very big challenge for a church that has one service to have a consistent teacher in every environment for, for, this, for the hour. Man, I believe that we can do better when we go to services. I'm praying that some of our ladies and men say, you know what, I'm going to own an hour. And I'm not going to do it once a month. God to call me, and I'm going to do it every week. So I can see Johnny and little Becky every Sunday morning at 9.15. I can minister to that child, not just once a month. I could disciple that child every week. I want some of us to think about that. I know not all of us can do that, but some of you, you say, you know what, I can own it. I can own an hour in the two-year-old. I can own an hour in the three-year-old. I can own an hour even in the nursery. Some of those babies, you know, they have anxiety, but when they see a regular face every Sunday morning at 9.15 or 11 o'clock, Wow. It helped the parents to relax. It helped them to come and get the word without having to worry about a baby full of anxiety because they know that they left the baby with someone that they see every Sunday. There's beauty in it. And this is one of the opportunities and the advantage that we have on those two services. We want to offer the best that we can. And we have some amazing volunteers. And I pray that you're step up because we've got an awesome opportunity to do this. The same amount of time that we serve on a Sunday morning now, we have double the impact by having two services. We won't have to set up and tear down no more. We'll be able to do more, minister to more, have greater impact. Look at verse number eight. Jesus said to the servant, now dip some of the water out and take it to the master of ceremony. So the servant, they got this giant water pot that they carried over the sweating. Jesus said, all right, I want you to take a scoop out. They take the scoop out of that water pot. It was water at the well. The servant followed the instructions. When the master of ceremony tasted the water, that at some point from the water pot, to that man, it had turned into wine. He didn't know where it come from. 
He had no idea behind the scene that the servant had carried water from an outside well, one to 30 gallons of water. Had no idea. He says, so he had no idea where it come from. Look at the parentheses. So, of course, the servant knew. They saw the miracle. He said, the, the master of the ceremony, he called the bridegroom over. He said, our host always served the best wine first. Now, when everyone has a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. And verse 11, it sums up why we do what we do. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Our desire is to bring our best to God so that people who are far from God will be filled with life in Christ. That's why it matters. That's why it matters. That's why what we do matters. And I want you to see this. This is so cool. All the guests at the wedding had no idea what happened. They didn't know that there was a miracle. They enjoyed the fruit of the best wine that had been served all week long. But the servant knew. And every week, here at Lake Point, Jesus is turning water into wine. Miracles after miracles after miracles. And you may not always see it. But every week we get response from people whose marriage was healed, finance was saved, kids getting their daddies back, people coming to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Every week, someone is tasting it. Every week, miracles are happening. But only those that serve they get to see the transformation. God's doing some amazing things around here, and those that are serving are participating in the miracle. You've been here a while, and you've been drinking the wine, and you've been saying every week, man, this is good stuff, man, this is good sermon, man, I feel, I feel blessed, I feel loved. My life is being changed. I see it in my life, I see it in my family's life, I see it in the way that I talk and live throughout the week. Here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you to start carrying a jug. Today, I want to challenge you to pick up a water pot. I want to challenge you to stop just being a participant, but get in the game. Be a volunteer. We have spots available for kids in the hospitality, the cooking, you know, the hospitality, the cafe, the greeters, all kinds of areas to serve. I'm telling you to carry a jar. We need you. You need to do it so that you can experience more of what God is doing. In just a minute, our ushers are going to hand out a card. You haven't got this card yet, but I've got one right here. In just a minute, they're going to hand out this card. We're going to show this video. While the video is being shown, there's going to be the card, and after the video is over, I'm going to talk about what this card is all about. I was really trying to start a new life. My um, husband had passed away, uh, leaving me a single mom of three kids, ages seven, four, and 
one and a half. Um, we had moved to Macomb Township and looking for something that was close and reasonable to get to on Sundays and getting my kids back involved in church and we had a invite in the mailbox. Uh, we came at one of the first welcome sessions. It wasn't a kickoff session, but we were at meeting at Iroquois Middle School. I came into the picture, that would have been about, what, three, three and a half, four years after that, because um, Brandon had just turned five. First of all, I actually didn't want to come to Lake Point. I didn't want to come to any church. I was taking a break from uh, God's kids. Um, not necessarily from God, but from his kids. Yeah, we had started dating and, you know, she said she enjoyed it and that church was very important to her. So I said, I'll go, but um, I'm going to come in, I'll sit down, I'm not serving because I've served in churches all my life. And looking back, I think God audibly laughed. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. shortly thereafter, I was serving and now on staff. He's been here ever since. The act of serving takes the focus off of yourself. Um, it would be real easy to say, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, I'm busy, I don't have time to do that. I need this day to just decompress. And there are times where that happens, but as a whole, I think it brings the family closer together. Today we had, you know, the youngest one, you know, running video for us. So something that Pastor Scott had said years ago really resonated with me. Um, I used to come in, check the kids in, have a seat, go get the kids, and we would leave. And he had mentioned in a sermon, are you here in the capacity of a seat warmer? Are you warming a seat for us today? Or are you serving our, our God and others? And I thought to myself, wow, I've been a, a seat warmer for quite a while. It's time to get plugged in. And I started in children's ministry, very nervous. Do I know enough? Can I do this? Questioning, insecure. And, um, you know, you just get plugged in and we make it pretty easy to do. And, you know, it's just something that I've been involved in ever since. You know, being on the edge of moving into the new building, I certainly think that will make servanthood easier. For me, it'll mean not having to get up and unload two containers and fully wire for sound, light, and audio. I'll actually be able to come in to have everything already done. I think it's going to streamline the process for us and we could really put our best foot forward to uh, serve those that are coming in, to help with those two services and um, you know, really put our best selves forward. I truly believe that the best is yet to come. So far, so God. So you should have received a card, and on the card is three sections. Uh, you say, I'm interested in serving on one of the following teams on Sunday morning. And this is Sunday morning ministries. And uh, what is your... Uh, a regular attender, or you've been here for a few months or a few weeks, and you say, you know, I'm, I'm praying about stepping in. Now, this is not a commitment card. You're not signing or anything. You know, someone will contact you this week and follow up with you and have a more of a conversation about what this means. There's a different area to serve. And then what service would you like to serve at? And uh, you got the 915, and you got 11 o'clock, but here's what we're looking for. We're just looking for flexibility. The more flexible we can become, and say, you know what, God, you can put me down for wherever. If you need me at the 915 service, then I'll serve, I'll serve at the 915 hour. If you need me more at the 11 o'clock hour, that's fine. I'll be there at 11 o'clock hour. Just, I'll be whatever. I'll float back and forth. It doesn't matter because I'm going to worship one way or the other, and I'm going to serve one way or the other. And so help us out with that. Be flexible. And how often will you like to serve? Maybe you say, hey, I can only serve once a month. And say, you know what, I can do more, I can do twice a month, I can do three times. Hey, God, 
I, often as I'm here, put me in play, put me to work. I start carrying the job every week. And if you're first time being a volunteer, we've got something we want to do for you. If you've never volunteered before, but you say, you know what, I want to sign up. I'm, I'm coming, I want to do this. I want you to take this card, and in a few minutes, we'll have the offering basket. I want you to not put your card in the offering basket. Everybody else, you put your card in the basket. All right? But if you're first time, you've never volunteered, you say, you know what, I've been sitting on the bench. I've been taking, I've been drinking the good stuff, but I've never carried a job. I want to start carrying jobs. I want to start getting in the game. I want you to take this card and out in the lobby at the end of the service, there will be balloons at a table, and we have a gift for you, a swag bag that we want to give you. And our current volunteers, you'll get yours tonight, but all our new volunteers sign up. I want you to take your card, and even if you don't commit, not commitment, and just, hey, I'm interested, I want to have a conversation, that's what this card is all about. And, uh, and we'd love to that with you. There'll be a couple people at that table, and they can talk to you about volunteering. Three core thoughts, one, two, three, really fast, and then we'll finish. They're taking notes. What happens at Lake Point Church changes lives for eternity. What happens at Lake Point Church changes lives for eternity. It matters. It matters. It matters what we do. If it didn't matter, I wouldn't be here. If it didn't matter, you can count me on the golf course every Sunday morning. But it matters. What we do here changes lives for eternity. Number two, faithful people. Faithful people humbly make a difference every week. They have emptied themselves, and they say, you know what? I'll do whatever. I'm going to empty myself of my pride, and I want to make a difference every week. Some every week, some biweekly, some once a month. Faithful people, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for making a difference. We could not have done it without you. To the glory of God, so far so God, thank you. Number three, sometimes all it takes is a little ask from someone else to be motivated into serving. If you're a volunteer, be a shoulder tapper. If you're a volunteer, you see someone that you know that's not doing anything, why don't you invite him or invite her and say, why don't you come serve with me one Sunday? I'll show you what it's all about. Be a shoulder tapper. Ask somebody to serve. I want to close with this last verse. Listen to the challenge of Jesus' mom. John chapter 2, verse 5, he tells the servant, do whatever he tells you. God's going to continue to turn water into wine. Will you be a part? Do whatever he wants you to do. Do it. Follow after him. Don't hold back. I can't wait to see what happens next. The best is yet to come. But God wants to use you and you and you and you. He wants to use us to accomplish his mission for his glory. Our Father God, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing in our place what you're doing in our church. But thank you for our volunteers that humbly make a difference every week, every month. Thank you for those that are serving, carrying water pots every week, making a difference.
Because what we do here matters. It matters. Not just for this lifetime, but for all of eternity. And so, God, I pray that we would step up and that we own it, that we would serve with excellence our very best because you deserve it. You deserve our best. And so, God, I pray that we would serve. We serve with joy and gladness in our hearts. God, there may be some of us here who we've been sipping the wine every week, but we're not participant of the miracles. We're not participant of behind the scenes of what you're doing. God, I pray that some of us here today will rise up and say, you know what? God, I want to follow after you. I want to start carrying water pots. I want to start carrying jars of water so that I can help people see the miracle that can be found in you. And so, God, I ask you to help us. I pray that you would challenge us. I pray in the next few minutes that we would look over our cards, that we would determine what you want us to do, and look forward to what you want us to do in our new church building in a few weeks. In your name I pray.